This is the Catalyst Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 7, Ideas to Help with Modern Life, Episode 3, The Connection of Culture and Climate. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast. So I hope you enjoyed Episode 2 in Ideas to Help with Modern Life, looking at vanity metrics and meaningful numbers, so... Was that helpful for you in helping you to understand the numbers that actually mean something and give value to your life, the ones we can just let go? If you haven't listened to that, make sure you go back and listen to episode two. And let's get into episode three. So I want to start by saying a massive thank you to our sponsor as always. They are the Masterclass Sessions. If you click on the link in the show note, you can book yourself on the next Masterclass. And next episode, I'll be announcing the winner of our competition. So there are three opportunities to win throughout this season. So if you want to win a free holiday completely free, or a full-year subscription to Masterclass Sessions. All you have to do is send me a quick email to michael at catholos.co.uk. Just tell me something you like about the podcast, or leave a comment on it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to it, you'd be entered into the draw, and that can be you. So if you click on the link in the show notes, you can find out more about the Masterclass Sessions. It's all about learning, lifelong learning. I love them. I think they're fantastic. And while you're there, make sure you check out the brand new audio-based Cataholus Motivational Program. So if you like these podcasts and you think, I like listening and learning with Mike, these are only 20-minute episodes. This audio program is extensive and it's my model for motivation. The five parts to it that I've learned over years working with thousands of people and how do you actually motivate yourself consistently as a process, you know, and have something you can rely on no matter what, what life's throwing at you to be consistently highly motivated so you can achieve your goals and live your dreams. So if that sounds good and you enjoy these podcasts, click on the link in the show notes and you can buy yourself a copy. Oh, I've got a great topic for you today. What I love about running my own business is I'm always learning about people, about life, meeting new people, getting into new situations. It's never boring. When people say to me, how's your week been? I always think back and think every week brings something amazing, something crazy, and this week is no different. And I want to introduce a concept that is something that's been really helpful for a lot of people when I've delivered leadership training or management training or, you know, working with groups of people uh, in businesses, but it doesn't just have to apply to business. Anywhere there's a group of people, this will hopefully help you. So it can be applied to your family, to your school, if if you've got children or if you're a governor or if you work with a school. Groups of people in sport, volunteer work, anywhere really where there's a group of people. And there's two definitions and two concepts that are connected. So in modern life, in in life in general, but especially at the moment, these two are real hot topics. And hopefully this way I describe it for you today can help you to move forward in your life. They are culture and they are climate. So let me give you definitions because the ones I'm going to work with today might be a little bit different to what you're expecting. Um, So we're talking about it in relation to a way of thinking around groups of people okay i'm not saying these are the definitions you will find in your dictionary so culture can mean many things that can be linked to religion linked to politics linked to nationality i remember when i was younger thinking what actually is culture you get like the culture section in the newspaper and people think about art and music and everything what is it and the best definition i ever heard really was when Someone was saying it's kind of people copying each other, taking inspiration from people and copying each other and applying it in different ways. And I thought, that's okay, but that's not that helpful, really. And it was when I spoke to my father, he gave me a better definition. I said, oh, it's more simple than that, Mike. Culture is just the way we do things here. 
how good is that? It's how simple is that? The way we do things here. So think of your family. You have a way you do things. Think about your religion or lack of religion. There's a way that you think about life. Yeah. Think about your work or your business. There are ways that you do things. If you go to a sports club, there are ways that you do certain things. And I thought, that's really good, that. It's really helpful. So think about where you work or think about your business. You will have a culture there. It might be really good. It might be terrible. <laughs> it might be going through some changes. And... I thought that's really helpful that. So culture is the way we do things here. So hang on to that. And climate, obviously the first thing you think of is the weather, right? Absolutely. So the climate is linked to the weather. So in the Amazon rainforest, they have a very different climate to in Russia. Mind you, Russia is massive, so they have lots of different climates. But you get the idea. I'm in the UK. It's a very different climate to the south of Spain. It's all to do with weather and sunny and rain and things like that. But climate can also be related to, if you take that idea kind of romantically, is to how you feel. So for example, you know when you feel good if it's sunny or maybe if it's snowy, it's all to do with feeling. So imagine your organization, your group, the culture is the way you do things, but the climate is how it feels, you know? Now, there are people that do things in very similar ways, but the climate might be completely differently. So for example, you might, I don't know, go into a fast food restaurant somewhere in the world and they have this very process-driven thing and they have the same culture and you do the same thing. But there might be a certain person that works in that particular restaurant and they give off a really good vibe. And you just love going there. You love being served by them. They make you feel comfortable. It's just great. I've, I've been to places like that, waiters and waitresses, and they're just amazing. You go to somewhere that's supposed to have the same culture, a very different kind of feel to it, though, because they have different people. So I really like that because... This is something that we're going through revolutions, multiple revolutions and changes, especially in the workplace, where since COVID, uh, and you hear what phrases like the great resignation and people leaving jobs and starting out their own businesses and changing lifestyles, a lot of people are kind of waking up to this and going, I, just because we've always done it this way, we've always had this culture, we can change this. It doesn't have to be the same. And just because it's always felt this way, it can feel different. And this is very liberating and very exciting. And through things like the internet, you've got different cultures, different ways of doing things being shared every single day, all the time. And, you know, as a result, we feel differently. So I think back to my grandfather and he traveled a bit because he was involved in the Second World War as a medic. But I get to travel and, you know, go to different countries and experience different cultures in a lot more different ways. And a lot, I have a lot more opportunities than he did. You know, if you go back maybe 100 to 200 years, you had your way of doing things and you lived in a certain place and that was pretty much it. Whereas now if you want to go live in another country, you can do. If you want to get divorced, you can do. If you want to start a business somewhere else in a different country, you can do. There's a lot more choice. But sometimes we can get paralysis by analysis, which is a brilliant phrase I got from Dr. Kevin Treston. So the problem is, can be, if we only focus on the way we're doing things and we forget about how it feels on a day-to-day -day basis, people in our organization could end up quitting because we work too hard and drive them too hard. Or if we end up focusing too much on how things feel, we want things to feel great all the time, and we don't actually focus on how we do things, we get nothing done. So that could be the problem. So think about where you work right now. Think about your business, your organization. Think about your family. Think about your local community, any groups that you belong to, and just think about it in terms of those two things. How do you do things? Are the high or low standards, you know, the particular ways? Is it a bit off the cuff or is it very set out? And then how does it feel, you know, on a daily basis? Does it feel good, feel really connected, feel happy, feel joyous, or does it not feel good? 
and it's you can't wait to get out of there. So if we can focus on both, we'll end up with high standards, we'll end up with high productivity, there'll be good vibes, good sense of connection and belonging. So I'll give you an example of just how this can vary. I've worked in different schools before as a business owner, and this is absolutely true. So if you're a parent, you'll know this. Schools generally have a similar culture, which is we're here to learn. We're here to be child-focused, or if it's for adults, adult-focused. We're on learning. We try and build up confidence. We try and be encouraging. We try and have good quality standard of teaching. We try and make it fun. You know, there's there's not many schools that say we're here to make your child miserable. So they all kind of ascribe to having the same culture or a similar culture. But they can vary, you know, if they're a faith school or not a faith school, if they're a private school or if they're an academy. So there's a bit of variety, but generally they're there to help you to learn and have a good time. Or they should be. But I tell you now, every single school you go into has a different climate. You can pick up on it straight away. I've been into schools and picked up on good vibes straight away. The staff are having a good laugh together, children are happy. There's just something. That's the climate. And it's really important that we pay attention to that because that's actually what's giving off vibes that people are taking in every single day. There's not many people that sit and look at the things on the wall. They go more on the feelings and if people are laughing or not, if they're having a good time or not, you know. And then equally, I've been into schools where you could feel it right from the start. It was not comfortable and there was a bad vibe in the air and you're thinking, hmm, what's, what's going on here? So think about it. it's the same in business. I went into a fantastic organisation called DTE Group uh, in Bury in the UK to do some training a couple of weeks ago. Lovely people. I didn't know a single person. So I go in there, straight away Richard says, Hi, you Michael, nice to meet you. Kate will be here in a minute. Kate comes in and they make me feel welcome. There was a climate and we did the training session. There was a, a good informal vibe, you know. So if you're ever delivering training, by the way, you're in charge of the climate. You're in charge of how that training session feels. If you're in a leadership position, if you're a manager or if you're the business owner, you are in charge of that climate. By your presence and by your absence, you will give off a vibe. There's a brilliant quote that says, the, an organization is the length and shadow of one person, meaning you set the climate. You know, If you're in a bad mood and you bring that into the office or onto your Zoom call or Teams call or whatever, people are going to pick up on that. You're literally like a walking rain cloud. <laughs> But equally, if you're sunny and optimistic and all good, people pick up on that as well. So they're connected. They are connected together. If you've got a good culture, you can have a good climate. And if you have a good climate, that can lead to good culture. Where it falls down is where people just focus on one or the other. And this is very, very interesting for me because I'm training people all the time. And so the question I always have in my mind is, what makes the difference between people getting something applying it and being successful and that kind of, you know, like when they pass a baton in the in the running race, don't quite get it. And often it's something in the culture or the climate. So if we go back to the training session I did, you know, what makes the difference between people making notes and going, I'm going to go away and do that and then doing it? Well, often it's the climate during the training because then that helps them to take it and feel comfortable. But then that must exist within a culture that values learning and says, hey, how did we do last week with the training? What have you implemented? What worked? You know? next month, the next quarter. How does that aligned and helps us to achieve our goals? So that's in relation to learning, but it could be in relation to anything. And you see these examples all the time of people who we hold up as you know, amazing figures of culture, but they might not have been particularly fun to work with, you know, and we can idolize these people. And if we're not careful, copy people. And that's where it can kind of go wrong a little bit. So I'll come back to that in a minute, but I want to give you an example of somebody 
who had a fantastic idea, and you can link this into culture and climate. So his name was Charles Handy, amazing Irish philosopher and management person. Just Google Charles Handy, fantastic guy. Very intelligent, very warm, very caring, very kind. Again, the climate, the vibe he gives off, really good. Also gives off a very good vibe culturally of high standards and improvement. And he came up with this fantastic uh, concept, which is his concept, so it's not mine, it's Charles Handy's. It's called The Second Curve. He tells a great story about asking for directions in Ireland and basically getting a bit lost. But what he is fundamentally saying is, you know, everything involves a bell curve. It goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down. That's the EKG of life, right? But the leader's role and the person in charge, their role, or if you listen to this and you want to, you know, do well in your life, your role is always to identify you on the up you on the middle or on the way down because it's on the way up where he says you should then hook on a second curve meaning by the time you flatten out and then you're on the way down it's too late you need to be always looking for the second one so it's like a streak it's like you go from one link to the other to the other to the other think like super mario you know he goes up the steps like one leads to one leads to another when he used to play uh, computer games it's like a two-hit combo he'd hit one hit straight into the next one straight into the next one straight into the next one you link these things so the second curve is about saying don't settle yeah, your culture should be great. What's the next great thing? And what that does, it creates this this climate of achievement and always aiming towards it. So if we take the culture and climate and apply that to Charles Handy, you could see if he did it negatively, that could be quite bad. This culture of we must always identify the next thing. The climate could be whipping people and saying, come on, you know, we just had our best sales year ever. It doesn't matter. The next one must be better. Can you see how a good idea can be implemented really badly? Or... On the flip side, in a positive way, we can go, right, the culture is we keep an eye on the second curve. So we celebrate the wins, but before we've even got to that win, we already had that planning session. We think about what the next thing is, and the climate every day is to encourage people because we're playing a long game here, like a super long marathon, and we know people don't want to get burned out. We want it to feel good as well as to be ascribing to go forward. Can you see that? So culture is all about the doing, how you do things, yeah, how we do things here. But the climb is how that feels, you know? Now, like I said before, we have to be really careful that we don't just copy examples of other cultures out of context because we can fall flat on our face. And I see this all the time. So I'll give an example. I am an entrepreneur and I am a business owner. So I've created a business from scratch and I know that inspires people and they think that's really cool. And, and it is, and I'm very proud of it. But I'm not special. And there are many, many people who've done very similar and been a lot more successful than me. And one of the most popular examples is Richard Branson. Now Richard Branson seems to be a fantastic person. I've never met him myself, but as a philanthropist helping others and as a dyslexic entrepreneur, it's a very inspiring story that he's built some amazing things. It's created a legacy, but where we can fall down is if we, and I hear people all the time saying, I'm just going to do what he did. Careful. Richard Branson exists in a historical and political culture in the 70s that doesn't exist anymore. You know, he did things that you can't do anymore. You can't buy an island for £20,000 like he bought Necker Island. So it's great to be inspired, but just be aware in your daily, you know, the cultures you exist in and the climate of how it feels in your life. We don't want to just see an example and think, I'll just do what they did and get the results because we might not. And I don't want you to f- <laughs> don't want you to fail, you know, so take inspiration free from people. But then once you take inspiration, use the climate and culture like a little analytical lens and say, right how are they doing things at that time in the world or in that country or in that way? Okay, could I do similar? Not really, that's changed. Oh, right, okay. Or, no, I can, because that's still a thing. Okay, fine. 
How do I want it to feel every day? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. To be honest, the feeling is so important because we hear a lot in business about recruitment, retention, want best people want to stay. People belong and they feel that they belong somewhere and it feels good every day. Just going to work every day, every day, every day. You feel welcome, you belong, you do good work, happy, rinse and repeat, yeah? They're going to be fine. It's if the culture is shocking and the climate is poor. That's when people just say now, and rightly so, I'm out. Why should I be a slave to a culture I don't believe in, a climate that makes me feel bad? So I wanted to give you an example of somebody who does this really well, understands culture very well, and understands climate very well. And I have to be quite humble here. <laughs> so I don't support Liverpool Football Club or soccer, if you're outside the UK. Um, but I have to say that this man, Jurgen Klopp, at the time of making this, is the manager of Liverpool Football Club and um, is going to leave at the end of the season, is somebody who's really got this. He doesn't describe it in these words, but he's an example of somebody who understands both climate and culture really well. So he understood as soon as he went to Liverpool, he took time to get to know the people, the history of the club, you know, the culture of the club. Liverpool Football Club were a huge club in the 80s and they, they won everything. And then they weren't doing as well and Man United took over and... They were very much in a period of turmoil culturally when he took over. They were like, oh, we used to be good and not so much now. And he understood that. He understood his mission, you know. He understood the people. And then what he did, and you could see it very quickly, he created a feel-good climate. You used to see him all the time. He still does it, hugging all his players, always smiling, fist-bumping, very high-energy person. We used to call heavy metal football you know when he, he was at Mainz and Borussia Dortmund so he had a very distinct culture of belonging high standards passionate friendly as well which I like what people call man management he's very good at managing people and you can tell he understands the culture of Liverpool because as he's been leaving and doing his press conferences he's not said things like yeah I'll go you know manage another team in England he said I'll never manage another team in England out of respect to Liverpool Football Club. He gets the culture of if you then go and work for rivals, it can you know, soil your reputation. And he's created this very interesting climate of, I've chosen to do this, it's the right time, it's all good, let's just finish the season well and then we're done. Often management changes are not like that. They're a lot more tumultuous than that. People get sacked or things don't go wrong. So he's an example um, he's a really example because he gets the climate and the culture. And again, he set the tone. As soon as he arrived, he just says, I'm just the normal one, you can call me. So I really like that, don't you? Somebody who just describes himself as normal, because you think if he's doing all these great things and he just describes himself as a normal person, maybe I can do something similar. So you can see the difference. Uh, Jurgen Klopp took the time to really understand the culture as well as raise the standards. And then thought, well, the only way to do that is to create a climate every day where people love coming to work they love belonging I think what I love about Jurgen Klopp the best is you can even see it through the screen he helps people to feel like they belong you don't see a lot of divisions in his team you don't see a lot of fractions they're all together you know and so fair play to him well done Jurgen <laughs> so I hope that's been helpful for you and until we speak again just take something from today maybe check out Jurgen Klopp if you're not familiar with him or Charles Handy, or Richard Branson. Take the time to think about your culture or cultures and how you do things where you are in the world and what the climate's like. Because climate can change, like the weather,
But if you take the time to understand that they are connected. So if you're trying to achieve something big and meaningful, great stuff. That's really good. But make sure, please take the time to understand how does that feel every day? Pay attention to the feeling because that's what a lot of people care about is is they want to feel good. And we can help them to do so. Just understand how the two are connected. So check some of that from today. And even if you don't, even if that's just giving you some food for thought to think, yeah, I think so. I might try some of that. Just know that just as you are, no matter your culture and no matter the climate, real climate or how you feel, somebody loves you very, very much. Okay, take care and speak soon.